Was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And welcome to episode 81. <laughs> so, so let me tell you about this episode because it's really dope, right? We got is it copying or inspiration? We're gonna ask this question. We're gonna have this great conversation. Bring some Floyd Mayweather convo into it. We're gonna talk about what's next. For Def Row and Snoop Dogg, he's been doing crazy stuff, right? Um, when you're frustrated, can you make three billion dollars? I'm just, I'm just saying. Can a frustration equal up to three billion dollars? And then, uh, of course, we gotta talk a little business talk and to scale or not to scale. That is the question, Moose. How are we feeling about this episode? Yeah, nah, we were going through uh, the pre-show clips and I'm like, yeah, nah, this is, this is lining up to be another special one. So, yeah, I'm excited for this. This is going to be dope. Let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now, joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And you know what time it is. It is the review of the week. So we got first time listener. Today was my first time listening to the podcast. I already knew it was uh, be good based off the Instagram page. Always dropping gems. Bravo. Hmm. I guess our Instagram page is impressive. You feel me? Shout out to Kurt for that. Let's let's give Kurt a round of applause. Well, that's not a round of applause. This is it. There you go. Shout out to Kurt. Um, so... Of course, shout out to all our audio listeners, shout out to all our viewers, whether you're watching this on YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're watching this, we appreciate it all the way. Moose, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Thank you for asking. I was... Uh, very proper. I was very... Yeah, it's, it is. We're recording on Easter Sunday, as okay. you can see my, my outfit. Um, yes. You might want to go back about... A year? Maybe about eight... Almost a, almost, a, almost a year ago, like 10 months ago. Okay. You know, Nikki, Nikki said, oh, I like your shirt. You should wear it on Easter. It gives me Easter vibes. And so, <laughs> and so, I stayed true to my promise. I brought it back on Easter. Hello. Hello, everyone. Thank you. Thank so, you. So, all my audio listeners, uh, if you want to just see a clip of it on, on YouTube, uh, you, you will understand. And Isaiah, <laughs> if you could find that clip where I the said original. that. I don't know if it was on, was it on the live or was it on an episode? I want to say it was, no, it was on an episode for sure. Okay. It was on an episode. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. no, no, it was well, an episode. Well, if I say, we're, if you could find that clip and we could put it together, that'd be super dope. So make sure you guys watch that on, uh, on our social media. Me, uh, I am sick. So I'm giving this disclaimer. Uh, it's a cold. No, I don't have COVID. Don't, don't go there. I already had it. I'm never getting it again. Never. Okay, mm. never. But um yeah, I I'm I I'm I'm trying here. I'm trying to try still stay healthy, but it's yeah. not I, I did not have my out. cookies and cream shake. It made me feel feel amazing. Oh, nice. I'm just, nice. I'm just you know when yeah, yeah, when yeah. when your throat hurts, I'm just like I don't feel like I always have to have tea and everything like that. Like ice cream should should make Yo, me feel ice cream better. does help when you got a little right. like, sore throat, though. I'm not even going to hold you. Yeah, that's right. Right. And right. when I told, I don't know, other people, they're like, no, you can't do that. I'm like, what? what they my say? mother what they always say? told me to have ice. She gave me ice cream when my throat hurt. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I had, oh. I, I was a little sick yesterday. got some ice cream. And I was like, yeah, it felt good. And it was, it, it helped, uh, okay. you know, the so when you get cold, muscles right there. When you get a cold, people, um, have ice cream. Go mm -hmm. to Chick-fil-A, get you a cookie and cream, um, Cold Stone, wherever you, wherever you get your ice cream or yogurt, you know, whatever best fits you. But yeah, go do that. Okay? Go do that. Anyways, let's get into this episode. Uh, 
I pose a question to you. I pose a question, mm. okay? I saw this on uh, on Instagram. Shout out to uh, Punch from TDE. He was talking about art, but I think this is a very good convo. Is what is the difference between inspiration and stealing? Mm. We all take from the greats and our peers alike. I'm just curious, where is the line? So, so Moose, um, what is what is your take? What is your take? Yeah, yeah. That, so I think it it is true, right? Like to some extent, it's like that same idea of when we say self-made. Mm -hmm. But in reality, no one is self-made. We've all taken information, inspiration, something from someone, and we've used it to help build what we have today, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's my belief across, you know, most cases. Now, in this case, I think it's the same thing, but where I would draw the line is, did you add something to it or did you present it in a new way, right? Mm -hmm. So I think of, for example, some things that say were created 50 years ago. They didn't have, say, some of the technology that exists today whether it be the easiest to think of is Web3 or just the NFT space or kind of the metaverse and that whole, that whole realm. Well, if I can take an old experience and revitalize it in something that didn't exist in that way, it's like it's almost to, rep, to, to present it in a new way for an audience that appreciates it, I can see that as, okay, I didn't necessarily just steal i'm bringing it back and of course giving credit too i think that matters like if you just like if if, if someone took your stuff and they presented it in, in a new way but didn't give credit credit to the original person or the source then it's like okay that was just straight up stealing so i do think there's an etiquette part that's tied to it too when when you're going to do that you got to give credit to the source for the origination of the idea yeah i think it gets when i started thinking about it I think it gets a little tricky, right? Because it's mm -hmm. like we're we're always taught to, and I've said it myself, to take from here and there and put it in a box, ramble it up, and here you are, right? Mm -hmm. um, but is that that part that you took? Is that stealing? Mm. If you don't like. I think we look at the overall of, okay, one person's style, one person's creation or whatever. If you take the entire thing, right, like, then you're then then you're jacking, then you're you're copying, right? Mm -hmm. But if I take from here and I take from here, I take from here and I take, I'm still take, I'm going to different. If you want to think of like retail stores, I'm going over to this bodega and I'm taking a Snickers and I'm going right. over here and I'm getting the zebra cake. I'm going over here and getting the quarter water. I'm getting this and everything. And boom, I got my I got my meal for the day. That's a very unhealthy meal. This is when I was a kid. Don't judge me. And I wasn't stealing. This is not a real life example. But I'm going all these other places, getting one thing to have a whole joint right and i'm like but isn't that stealing so it made me think but we got a clip uh of course from uh some people will argue with of the greatest of all time when it comes to boxing this is what floyd mayweather said i would see so many legendary fighters and um, but i never wanted to be like no fighter i just i just said i like what uh, different fighters there's so many different fighters that has, I mean, that was, you know, that was great to me. And I took a little bit from all of them and just put it in a bowl and shook it up and said, this is what I'm going to be. And so I'm like, what? what's what? Like, I, I agree with, let's just say, I'm just playing devil's advocate with is it stealing? I agree with, let me take here and there because it's a remix. Right. It's not the original, right? When you do when you do that, we think of music when there's a remix song. It's not the original song. It takes inspiration from the the original song, add some new people, and boom! Now it could be almost better. 
I remember back in the day when uh, the remixes were always better than the original yeah. song, right? Um, some of the clothes that come out, the remix to that to the original seems to always be better. So I think it's, I think with everything, things evolve. And so when you do that formula, is not necessarily copying or stealing. It's I'm inspired and I'm trying to make this particular part of the industry or the game or whatever better because mm -hmm. you've mm -hmm. already created the foundation. You've already um, laid out what's supposed to happen. And now I know what it is. So I'm just going to elevate it by taking the from the best and showing the world what it's supposed to be. Because yeah. we go, you know, I've been verbal saying I learn from leaders of what not to do. And that what makes me better. Not what was already done. I've taken I've taken a few from that. I think some good traits are are good to replicate, but I learn more from what I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Because that's what's missing. So, yeah. so uh, it, I mean, it just depends. It depends on what you look at it. Yeah, I think, and I think it's a lot like fashion too, right? Like if mm -hmm. you notice, the fashion industry is always recycling their trends. Yep. So something that might have been out of style a couple <coughs> seasons ago, it's going to find its way back into the trend or the the most current thing. So. I, I think it's a lot like that, but there's got to be, and I think the one thing that we haven't mentioned when we talk about what's the fine line is how much of your originality are you bringing to an idea, right? Because it's like, okay, it's cool. You're taking from the greats or you're taking from what not to do or taking from a variety of different people, but did you take from everybody and leave out yourself? Hmm. It's like, you know, at some point you want to also make sure that you're adding, That's good. but the, the main formula is you. And it's like, okay, like I, I think of when Kanye in his documentary said he went through that accident and as he was sitting there in the hospital, he said, I want to be the best dressed rapper. Right. It's like high fashion. So it's like, okay, cool. He, his music came from that, but then that desire to want to add an extra element to it. There's enough of him in it that when you add these other layers to it, yeah, it brings more, more appeal. Maybe you become more marketable as a business or a brand or a personal brand, but don't take from everybody else and leave out yourself. Cause I think that's the part that makes it kind of, you know, bland. And another one that comes to mind is Toby. It's like, okay, Toby. Yeah. Well, we can say, well, Toby's just like any other rapper or musician. Sure, he's great, he's gifted, he's talented. But it's like, no, he wanted to keep, say, his Nigerian diaspora really tied into it. And so he brings that to life. And it's like, oh, that's different. That's cool. But it's so him. And I don't think nobody can really, you know, rock that piece. So I think that, that prob that's probably what draws the line there. It's like, did you just take it and, right. and just, just simply apply it? Or did you take it and you added pieces of you in there to keep it original enough and then put it out that it was like, okay, yeah, this is different and refreshing. I agree. And <clears throat> our listeners and viewers, just let us know what, what's your take on, you know, inspiration or stealing. Let us know. Let mm -hmm. us know. But um, going into inspiration, right? Snoop Dogg has been doing crazy things. Um, ever since he got death row, all I've been seeing is NFT drops, like wow. all the time. He is releasing new music from the, the label as NFTs. I know recently he is coming out with a, either it came out or it's about to come out where it's not even going to be on Ethereum. It's going to be on, uh, Cardano. The ADA mm -hmm, coin, mm -hmm. right? He's yeah, going to yeah. drop something. Um, if that went over your head, don't worry about it. Bring it back. I promise you. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But he is, I think, taking a, a, 
a page from Kanye West. You may have thought about it before, but he was recently on Drink Champs. And here is what he plans on doing with Death Row. Match everything Death Row off traditional. iTunes, Apple, Spotify, So take the Death Row catalog to Gala Games, the company that I with in the metaverse. That's where it lives at in the metaverse. Then build the Death Row app so we can be like Netflix, Amazon, mm. Google. And we have an app where all of our content lives and all of our music. And now instead of Apple and Spotify and all these pimping, it's a new pimp on the block. Um, <laughs> my question is, is this what we are going to expect? Um, not just in music, but like everywhere. Like, are we once, once established? Because what I don't want people to think is like, all right, boom, I'm going to do, you can. I'm not saying you can't. Boom, mm -hmm. I'm going to do this all on my own network, on this, on that. You can. But the people that we've, we've spoken about already have already established platforms. Mm -hmm. And so the audience is built. And now they're like, you know what? I'm going to take back what I need to, all my stuff, and I'm create my own platform. platform. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm going to take in majority of the stake and profits and keep it that way. I love what, like I said, I love what he's doing with the, the metaverse and NFTs and releasing music off of these and not necessarily uh, relying on, you know, when are we dropping the album? When are we dropping the single? When are we dropping? He's doing it and... He's even talking, if if you see the Drink Champs interview, talking about doing a collab with Bad Boy in the mm. NFT world, in the metaverse, too. So my, my question is, is like, is this where we see everything kind of going into? Like, yo, I'm, I'm going to take more of a control of it and just partner with other people because like you said, he has the the metaverse people that he rocks with, partner with people in order to make it come alive. Yeah, I think I think you're going to see a lot more of it until the deals become more equitable. Mm. So you're going to see people wanting to say, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm breaking off on my own to build my own network or to put it on my own platform up until the big players in the marketplace say, you know what? All right, we're losing some of our biggest stars. Like, you got to imagine that Apple is going to take a tremendous hit if Kanye was to no longer allow his music to stream on their platform, mm. right? So it's like the same thing with, with Jay-Z at one point when he didn't give his music to Spotify. Yeah. There was a period of time. I remember that because I was, I was a little upset at the fact that I was subscribed to Spotify. I'm like, man, I can't get no Jay. But it's like, at some point... Shout out to Apple and uh, Tidal, just saying. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the only thing that kept me back, man, was, the, was my playlist. I was like, yo, I put so much time in crafting these playlists. I don't want to... I know somebody out there feels me. It's like, yo, when I go to a new, whole new platform, I can't take my playlist with me. They got to come up with something for that. You transfer your playlist to the new, the new platform. But, but you know, I, I do think that's going to be the case. But the other part of it, too, because I, I thought you were going to speak to it real quick there is I don't know that that's the move for everybody. Right. Because because and, and we had a little conversation uh, last week where everyone with a platform or a network, their shows cannot be the only shows on the network. Mm -hmm. You're going to start to see that they need to acquire other shows, other content. There's got to be more things on there. So it's like, imagine if Netflix only had Netflix original. Well, they don't. Or the other way around. Imagine if they had to rely on other movie companies or Hollywood studios and these people and these people to give them movies to stream. 
then, then they would have been relying on someone else to stimulate their business model. So Netflix goes out and creates their own original content so that they can have a little bit more of input to the demand. So I think that's one of the challenges about platforms that a lot of people don't talk about. Everyone is, again, so big on ownership, which is great. We're big advocates for ownership, but there's a big part of the responsibility that comes with it. And that is, if I have the means to be able to develop a new technology or a new platform, am I able to also bring on other talent and other content that is going to help keep my subscribers or my uh, the people who are you know paying to view or or maybe uh, what do we call that? Uh, I guess you call a subscriber. Like yeah, you yeah. subscribe to someone's platform or service. Are you going to be able to keep them so that they're not just signing up? It used to happen. I'm sure when we were younger, we all did it. You sign up, you use the free trial, and you oh, out yeah, because you watch what I, you I need to watch. You feel I still me? do it. <laughs> what are we talking about? You in and out. Yeah. You in and out like a smooth criminal. And it's like, yo, that is. And Shout I out think, to Peacock. I did that to you. They, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm like, yo, that that's a part of, the, of 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 business that we need to think about. It's like, yo, it's not just about building my platform. I actually have to think about how can I create something that my favorite word is sustainable by, uh, you know, it's it's able to survive for a minute. I'm bringing on new content. I'm I'm keeping it fresh because that's that's a no that's a no joke part yeah, of the process. And yeah. I think that's why it's important to grow that audience. You know, like. Grow that audience first. If That's good. if you have that core audience already, you don't necessarily have to worry about the curious subscribers, right? right? The, to start off, just not saying it's not possible because I've seen it happen, right? But a, an easier route is having, you know, for for let's say. Uh, we've, we've talked about it, the core thousand followers, right? Mm -hmm. Thousands of support supporters. And when you do that, no matter what you drop, they're going to support it. They're going to be there. They're loyal where if you just start marketing and not brand yourself and not have, um, a following as it is, then you're always going to be chasing the rabbit. You're always going to be like, okay, wh where's the next subscriber coming from? How are we marketing this? Are we putting this on? Now you're spending a lot more money yeah. um, in order to get, you know, your your subscribers and, and listeners and clients and customers where, okay, let me just nurture these people for a bit, drop it, and know that a percentage of them is going to bite off of it. Death Row has clearly made a statement in culture. So, mm -hmm. so whatever it's going to be, maybe, of course, going on the big platforms like Apple and Spotify, of course, you'll get bigger numbers. But maybe it's more profitable just to go direct to consumer. And they're okay with that because they've already put a stamp on culture. They've already made their mark of how important they are in the industry. So when you look at, okay, is this going to be a move for me? Like, can I pull a Snoop with Death Row? Can I pull a Kanye? I think you can. I think it's all about timing. I think it is being strategic with how you go about the ownership. How do you go about, let's say, taking it off of a big platform? Because big platforms are are an, an, a corporate way of saying collaboration. Yeah. That's all it is, is a corporate way of saying collaboration. And so you're using their resources. Have you milked out the resources enough to where you could do it on your own. We saw it with, with Russ when we spoke about it. Of course, we the two that we just spoke on, and a lot of people that we spoke about on this on these uh, podcast episodes. 
But have we milked out all the resources? Have we made the right connections to where we are not doing this dolo? That we've partnered from behind the scenes to run it on our own, have the right team, and then, you know, work that kind of way. If if that is the truth, then the success is only going to be like it will only happen. But mm-hmm. I rather have I know there's going to be people there because I grew this naturally. And by doing other collaborations and partnering with other people beforehand in order to make this successful. So, but for my people who are like, nah, I want to control it now and I want, I'll, I'll do the long game, this, that, and the third. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not saying either, either or is right or wrong. I'm saying you could do it in a very strategic way like these individuals have and see the benefits of growing the platform first, getting the audience first, making the right connections first. And then let me take that all back, dog. Let me do, mm-hmm. let me, give me that. Yeah. I, let you, I let you rock with it for a little bit, but, but give me that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's a fact. I like how you put that. Yay. Focus on the supporters. But of course, that all comes from frustration, right? That comes from frustration mm-hmm. of, yo, I could get more for myself. I could do this. But, and, and a lot of these solutions come from frustration. And we actually got a $3 billion uh, company made from frustration. <laughs> You've probably heard of it. You probably used it yourself. Uh, Calendly. Right. Mm-hmm. Most you you use it you you got I it. I use Calendly all the time. Okay, yeah. all right, but well, there's no yeah. promo to them. But I help the, <laughs> I help contribute to the three billion. Yeah, look indeed. look look there it is. <laughs> uh, but the owner Tope Tope I think T O P E. Don't ask me to say that last name, but um, he did a really dope interview and spoke about how the uh this company got a value of three billion. Um, and just some advice, so let's get into that. The idea for the company came from a frustrating experience I had trying to schedule a meeting. So I was looking to schedule a very important uh, customer meeting, and you know, many, many days later, and many, many emails later, we still were no closer to finding a time. This inspired me to really learn about the problem of scheduling and why it was so difficult. And out of that uh, sort of investigation came this obsession with solving scheduling. Since then, the product has evolved into more than scheduling, into sort of what we call automating the media life cycle. One of the lessons I learned very early on in starting businesses is that first thing you want to do is when you see a problem, take action. Rather than wait for somebody else to solve a problem, there's no reason why you can't take a stab at solving it yourself. So my this question is, to you, yeah, is it that easy? Like, I have a frustration and I make, I make a business out of it? Well, we've heard, we've heard that saying come, come true a lot. Like, a lot of people actually start businesses because they wanted to overcome a a, a challenge that they themselves experienced. So it's like they created it for themselves. Now, what comes next is usually a surprise because you don't know how it will play out. But it's simple, but complicated, right? Because it's like, I imagine with something like this, when you're talking, especially a tech product, right? You're talking possibly raising funds and and it like once you go down that whole route, I think it becomes a, a, a different ordeal. But it can be that simple from an idea standpoint. And, and we talked about this in uh, in in uh, with your group in, in the metaverse. Yeah. Right. About the, the concept of ideation. Sim- it usually is the, the simpler or easier format to follow. It doesn't have to be extremely new or very you know, like it's never been done before. A lot of the best ideas are usually just an add-on. So it's like Gmail, Gmail has a calendar or Google has a calendar feature, but maybe it didn't allow you to schedule a meeting, right? So it's like, okay, well, let me take this same function and add this ability to schedule a meeting with someone and avoid double booking. 
and oh, let me then be able to pair it or bring it back with my other calendar so that they're all centralized and paired in one place. So I do believe from an ideation standpoint, ideas are best when they, they do have that personal challenge because then there's like a level of passion or energy that you give to it that you typically wouldn't. And then it's, it's an add on to something else. So even, and this is where probably self-awareness comes into play because I've noticed that I am at my best when I can have an older model to work off of. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm not the type of person who can take something, who can take nothing and then present you with something from like from scratch and be like, yo, I made this out of nothing. This is all in my head. This is the vision that I saw. And here it is. But if you give me an older model of something that I can wrap my mind and and really understand it and know the ins and outs of what's happening, I can then start to critique, oh, this would be better. Mm -hmm. And we need to do this for our function and our use for our own business and our own brand. And then I'm able to kind of build to it. So that's like my type of ideation. Take something old or something that, that already exists, innovate, add to it, and bring it to life in a way that's more user-friendly for you and your customers. So I agree with that model, but the build-out of, of such a thing is the part that can get a little, a little interesting. A little interesting. But I think, I think it, it is, it's good to hear how simple mm-hmm. something can start. Yeah. Not saying that's the whole solution. Like, oh. Oh, yeah. I'm frustrated. I couldn't, like, do my meetings so quickly. I was like, how about this time? No, how about this time? How about this time? Right. You know what? Don't worry Three about billion. it. Let me, yeah. Let me create this business. Give me about a few days. Right. I'll give you a solution, right? I'm not saying that, my man. Uh, bootstrap the whole situation. Um, took what two hundred k from his savings and started it up. Um, and and now it's it's worth three billion. He does have, I think, two investors later on. You know, um, but what what I like is just, and I've been guilty of this myself, where it's like. Oh, someone figure it out. You feel me? Like, if I thought of it, because I've always heard, like, if you think about it, somebody's already done it. Already there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. but where did that come from? Right. Yeah. Probably not the best. Yeah, not the best advice. Right. But where, where did that come from? So how is everybody still, till this day, inventing something new if what you think of somebody's already done. I don't, I don't know. So I, I do like, and, and I wanted to bring it on as far as just let's, let's think simple because it could be that simple. Mm-hmm. We could start with just something that frustrates us. We could start with something that like hurts us real quick. Like, Oh man, I stubbed my toe. How do I stop? How do I stop this feeling? Like, yeah. What if yeah. there was something that would instantly stop the feeling of a stub toe? Because that is the worst feeling. Good God. Um, but like things like that. Can Do we have even a notebook of just some of the things that's frustrated us? Some of the ideas that we have. And, and can we go back to it and be like, can I put, if I put some money on it, if I put some time on it, you know, if I ask some questions, can this be something? Yeah. And is it worth, you know, um, is it worth going about? Like, some ideas not are worth all our time. You know, we just mm-hmm. be like, mm-hmm. oh, look, what about if a, if a coffee pot can uh, steam all the way up, come all the way down and transform into a cup of coffee? What's up? What? Wow. Yeah, I have a weird That's imagination. Deep. I have a weird. Imagination. <laughs> I have, I have a weird That's deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a weird. Just uh, but um, right. but you know things like that. But can we can we stop minimizing our ideas? Can we stop minimizing ourselves 
and saying, oh, somebody's going to do that. It's already been done. Don't worry about it. Uh, it's not like we probably have had million billion dollar ideas and just not work on it. Not yeah, do anything yeah, I'd about like it. I like to think so. I like to think so. I got a question for you. Go. Do you do you think ideas or imagination is is a lose it or use it or lose it type of situation where if you're not constantly sitting there, like you said, practicing like, okay, here's a frustration, I'm gonna write this down, or here's an idea, I'm gonna write this down. Do you think if you don't do that regularly, you can get to a point where you're just not good at being a visionary or having ideas or using your imagination? Is it like a use it or lose it type thing? Or is that something that, you know, some people have it, some people don't? No, I think everybody has an imagination. Mm -hmm. You know, it's what we, what power do we give our imagination? Yeah. You know? I'm not, I, there's so many ideas I've had that I did not write down. I'm so mad at them because I can't remember, right? I know they were fire. And I know I've told you half of them. And I'm like, oh, I can't remember none of them. This is trash. Right. I'm, so I'm getting better at like audio note or typing it in notes real quick, right? But I think what we some of the smallest things is an idea you know a thought is something that we could if we took a step further can be an amazing idea but some people don't look at it like that or some people just be like eh whatever let me go based off facts let me go based off this i mean and there's nothing wrong with that but i think each of us still have that kid mentality of having an imagination. We just don't yes. tap into it. Yeah. That's it. It's, it's, and if we put more power to it and we don't feel dumb and we don't feel, you know, goofy for thinking so crazy, like, can there be an app where when we look up and, and once again, I was about to say there probably is, right? Come and imagine, yeah. Look already. Is there an app that when we look at the clouds and we see all these different shapes, we actually see the shapes that come to life? So, like when we pretend like we see that dog or something, the dog comes to life in the clouds. Like what? Like I would love that, right? The kids oh. would love that. So, write it down. That I think at at my age. That's that's goofy, Nikki. That's super goofy. For other people, they'd be like, yo, I'm super in love with looking at the clouds for my mental health. I think that would be fire, you know? Um, so what you may think is goofy and dumb is is somebody's like out healthy outlet, you know, or solution for something. Or just a talking and conversational point. But we we just, you know, as as we get older or because of our environment, it just may not be, we may not think it's as accepted. So it's not That's that we're not visionaries or have an imagination. It's just that we're not tapped into it. Yeah, that's good. I think that's the problem right there. We 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 don't create for kids. Like we don't think of children. No, I feel like if, if we as as business people had the next generation or children in our minds as we do that, as far as like creating for their benefit and for their well-being, I do think would be a little bit more, you know, just a little bit more productive. Cause I, cause it's like as you was as you was as you was talking, I'm like, man, I guess imagination is to some degree an extension of your hope or your faith, right? Because you are imagining something that you believe could be better mm -hmm. or could exist in a way that it hasn't done before. So it, it, it brings to life that which you are missing or wish you can experience. Right. So it's an extension of your hope or your faith because it's not anything that you see per se. So 
it's cool. But it, it is powerful though, because I feel like there was a time where I definitely had like some of the like the things that you talk about, like some radical off the wall ideas. Yeah. And then yeah, and then as of late, I'm like goofy. Yeah, I'm like, man, what happened, bro? Like, do you even think anymore? And I'm like, nah, no, I think. Like, my brain is functioning, but I just don't get those same, you know, super dreamy type ideas of wanting to bring something to life that's not there. So I'm like, yeah, it, it makes you wonder, like, yo, there's got to be different types of imagination and all that good stuff. But I, th is, I, think with, I think with you, it's more of you want to expand what is already create like the models that are already there. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. for those people who don't know if, if there is a word of 2022 for moves is tech. Yeah. 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 All he says now, get tech, yeah. get to do tech, get to have tech company, tech have company tech vibes. This, tech that. I'm going to have a tech house. I'm gonna, like, everything is tech, right? Tech vibes. Yeah. Right, right, right. So that is because he's seen, it be done and how those people who do tap into tech is I wouldn't say better, but like the profits make more sense than someone of a manual situation. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's just facts off of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think, and this is me personally, You've you've moved off of dreams before, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, nah. Let me go. <laughs> I, I done the dreams. I, I seen right. I seen the vision. The vision was great. Bought into the vision. I am now over here with tech, cause mm -hmm. tech, I I I I see it. Not necessarily touch it, but I see it. I seen the yeah. impact. impact. I see yeah. what it could do. I see we could create our own algorithms and and solve certain things that I don't necessarily have to manually input all the time, manually go over here. So I think it's not that you don't dream or can't think of those things. I think you've had your season. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You feel me? And this is just a different sure. season. Maybe next season you'll go back to the dreaming. Yeah, I, I'm I'm optimistic about it. I'm optimistic, but not nah, for sure. Te tech vibes all See? all 2022. See, I'm just all letting you guys know that's, that's all he cares about is tech vibes. <laughs> all tech vibes. Oh my goodness! Now, okay, we, me and Moose have had these types of conversations uh, for a while of to scale or not to scale, right? Um, there's certain models that we have that are very scalable if done right. And then there's others that's like super custom that is like, how do you scale? And can it be successful if you can't scale? Like how much of a lifespan does it really have? How long can you do it? And so, uh, I saw a really dope interview with the owner of Kith, which is Rodney. I don't want to mess up his last name, but F-I-E-G, however you pronounce that. Y'all know I'm bad with last names. Um, and he said something that is conversation worthy. So let's get to it. It was never even meant to happen. So now that it did happen, it's like, this is still my baby and it's still meant to keep special. And it's not, some things aren't meant to scale. Some things aren't meant to scale. The idea is not to compete. The idea is to maximize the potential of what I'm doing with doing it tastefully and not hurting the brand in the process. Mm. Moves. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, and it's funny. I just started looking some stuff up because I wanted to confirm my thought before I I, I go into it because okay. I, I I love this. Like from a strategy standpoint, for what they're doing, I mm -hmm. think it's phenomenal, right? Like they they understand who they're for. But the other piece of like that's a big battle that everybody has because 
today we all equate success to scalability, right? right. We say like, hey, is and and I've I've said that too, and I, I probably need to change my wording because it's not just scalability, it's sustainability, right? Like mm. it's one thing to grow something, it's another thing to sustain it over time. Yep. And both are success, by the way. Like those are two different definitions of success. They look entirely different but they're both just as impressive and both ju are just as impactful. You get to choose which is right for you. But when we are all just working towards scale, 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 you put yourself in a lot of trouble. Here's what I know about scale, especially for kind of like when we used to have that conversation, I want to say about two or three years ago, my question was always, how do you cut, how do you scale a custom experience? How do you scale a custom experience? custom experience. Yes. And I was simply trying to figure out the only way this particular product would work is if it required some level of a hands-on approach or a tailored approach specific to the individual. There wasn't a one-size-fits-all type answer. Like you can try to mold it and bend it, but it just wouldn't be as effective. So I was always asking that question. The mistake that we made in the process, especially as I look back on it now, now, we were still trying to reach millions and we kept our price points low, knowing that it required a tailored approach. Mm. So it's like, ima imagine tailored suits were the same price of something that you got off the rack. Mm. Then great. there's nothing special about the tailored suit and eventually that goes out of style, although it is the superior product. Right. So that's where I think a lot of us need to look at price point when we're thinking about to scale or not to scale. Like what is the price point that suits your brand well? Yep. And what is the price point that allows you to serve your demographic to the highest end? But for you to water down your product, to, to, to deliver what is considered a cheap price to the marketplace, you didn't do your customers a favor in that, at that point. You did yourself an injustice, right? Like you did yourself a disservice because I have an awesome product or, and I'm not, not just like, it's not like an optimistic thing. Like, oh yeah, no, like words of affirmation about your product so it can become that. And I was like, if you really have what we're calling the, the, the Kith brand, a luxury brand or even a tailored suit just off of that example, if you now take that same experience and sell it at the Dollar Tree, right. then you've just watered down your product and have done a disservice for your for your customers. So I don't know, I business standpoint, I definitely see that price point is critical when asking yourself that question. Do I scale or do I not scale? The other end of the story or the other side of that explanation is, you know, you should scale when your product isn't impacted by adjustment of price to appeal to the masses. Right. Right. Because that, that, that essentially is the thing. It's like certain products don't scale. Well, within reason, of course, because like I think of like Louis Vuitton. I don't know why that just came to my mind. And their 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 bags could be like a couple thousand dollars, but it seemed like everybody got them. So within reason. But for the most part, I think of especially as a, as a startup brand or a startup entrepreneur, you got to imagine that your product has to be unique enough and can also be sold at a price point where it's convincing for everyone to at least say, heck, I'm going to try it or this is dope. I want this. Right. And then they get to that point where they don't even look at the price tag because you have that buy-in with them. Like you have enough brand, which, which I'm always fascinated by. It's like another, another conversation we might need to have is a brand or product, like mm -hmm. superior brand or superior product, you know, because it's like, you need a good product, but at some point the brand far exceeds the product. Like people buy it's the product. Yeah. It's the brand. Yeah. Um, and for those who don't know, Supreme can sell anything at a certain point. When at their highest, they sold a brick. <laughs> and it Crazy. Sold out. It was. But let me give let me give a little background of of Kith, which, funny enough, their slogan is just us, right? Mm. So, for people who who may know the definition of 
like Kith. It goes from like, what was it? Uh, Kith and kin is like one's friends and acquaintances. So already right there, my man is telling you, uh, I don't care about the masses. It's, it's mm. not my thing. So it was, it was a birth in, in 2007 and they are known for like their collaborations in limited drops. So they worked with everybody from Nike to Adidas all the way to Versace. Okay. With the Medusa head. And that's a, that's a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. Super big deal. Um, But the thing that's really unique about Kith is they don't do wholesale. And so for what people, for those who don't know what that mean is you can't find Kith anywhere else besides their locations. And so they're, even though their locations are now a little bit wider than what they used to be, as far as they're in Soho, they're in Brooklyn, but they're everything from like LA to like Tokyo. So they're, they're out there, but you can't find them anywhere else besides in Kith. Now, I said limited drops, which makes it understandable why maybe their worth, uh, from what I looked up, can be from between 9 to 11 million. For somebody who's saying, yo, I'm not trying to scale, that is a good, that's a good amount. Super good amount. And of course... People are trying to acquire. People are trying to to hey, let me let me get that off you. Feel me? Mm. Let me get that off you. Um, however, I even with uh, when I look at building deeper than the brand and stuff like that, and how I even move with my own personal brand, it's like. I look at this model and I'm like so inspired because I'm like, okay, so the goal isn't always to scale the goal. Like you can still make a guap of money if done strategically, if done in a way where you're not always out there. And we've spoken about it too. You have like two different types of brands, like you have available all the time or super exclusive and limited like that. And you make money regardless because there's people who are going to need you all the Mm -hmm. time. Right. There's going to be people who need a coat from Burlington, you know, but then they're going to need a coat and pay the money for a Versace one for a Gucci one. Both for making good amount of money. So I think it's whatever you want to do based off your values, based off how you want, you know, how you want to run things. Like I looked at that and I had to add it to the podcast. Cause I'm like, mm. okay, Moose has been big. We've been big on the whole scale, scale, scale. If you can't scale, ah, and I'm like, Okay, but I like my little close stuff. I like reaching the community. Like I, I like catering to only these people, right? And then you think you look at um like a like a supreme and, and even Kiff, where you can collaborate to get maybe outside of your community a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. But still stay true to I'm not I'm not out there to everybody. This is going to be limited, short quality, boom, we're good. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. I like that we have options. I like that you can still make millions and and not feel bad, you know? Like it's 100%. Right. But is it still is it still wise? Not wise. That's not what I'm looking for. But to to you, would it be strategic to have 
uh, scalability in one pocket and the option to not scale in another pocket. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I just think what's making me what's making me look at it differently, especially when you define the name, Mm -hmm. it's probably a decision that was made at its inception. Like when they built it, they already had this mapped out as to, we're not necessarily interested in being, you know, the next off white, you know, like we want to be just that just for us. So I, I, it's making me kind of almost like challenge myself and challenge those who are listening. Like, can you make such a commitment and stay disciplined to that? Mm. from the minute you start something to say, this is what it's going to be. This is who it's going to be for. And we're going to stick to that 15 years later. That's still a sizable run. Right. And we're not saying that they're, you know, ending anytime soon, but that's, that's, that's a, that's a nice run. So I, but to answer your question, I do think that it is possible and it's probably even recommended because, man, I forgot who I was speaking with this about. Might I feel like I have all these types of conversations with you, so it probably was you. But <laughs> we, it's like we were talking about how different uh, car companies, they create other brands with a new name mm-hmm. to tailor to a different market, yes. right? So let's say, for example... Lexus. Well, yep. Lexus is already the premium. Let's just, in this example, call it the non-scalable option. Mm-hmm. Well, they're like, well, not everyone can afford a Lexus. Yes. Let's start Toyota. Yes. That'll be scalable. It'll be a little bit more affordable for everybody else, and we can give it to the masses. So I'm not going to allow it to water down my premium product. Mm-hmm. I'm going to differentiate it by giving it a new name, a whole, its whole its own thing, but it does allow me to keep something more scalable along the, along the line because from a business standpoint, it is sound, right? Like scalability is something that is a, a sound business move. So you don't want to kind of avoid or miss out on a sound business practice because you've committed to one thing. I think if you have the resources and the bandwidth, it's always smart to do it. But if you do it or should you choose to do it, you got to differentiate and not tie it to the premium product because then they're going to be like, well, what's, what's the difference? Like, why, why would I keep buying Lexus if I could now buy a Toyota at, you know, a fraction of the cost? So you got to differentiate for sure when you make that move. These are facts. These are facts. And also... Talking about names, just super random tip because I'm I'm even on this right now. Uh, you don't have to name. You find a name for your brand. Don't name it everything that you know. Like uh, what you would call. Let's make up a random brand. Okay, so like shout out to Notion, right? Let's say if they said uh, Notion and then Notion books, Notion hats, Notion cars, oh, yeah. Notion printers, Notion like. Different audiences, right? So you do, you don't want to water down your brand's name. So, mm-hmm. like even with with us, like we're going to do deeper than the brand presents the next thing. Deeper than right. the brand presents the next thing, uh, because we're trying to cater to those particular audiences and not confuse what the main brand is and that's that for anybody who's in that whole naming convention of like okay i'm just going to name it uh this gear and and this uh everything else like nah just try to find new names give give your uh new idea its own lane and, you know little small tip little small tip uh, but uh, follow us everywhere. Okay, people follow us everywhere. Nikki and Moose, all that great stuff. Um, just a little reminder. And on our after show, uh, we're going to be talking about the power of one. We may talk about some other mm. stuff, but the power of one, it just, just understand that sounds really dope. Um, talk about some A-Rod stuff, but, uh, Moose, final words. 
That quick? I that, feel like that quick. Yeah. We're done. Okay. We're done. <laughs> I was like, now I'm waiting for one more clip. I'm like, all right, yeah, no, we, no, oh, we're, we're like, here already. We're an hour. Yeah. Okay, okay, now fair enough. This uh, these, these episodes been getting a little shorter, now, nah, man. But I, I'm I'm just go back to that that reminder, like, hey, n- no matter who you get your inspiration from, no matter what great empowers you to go out there and do your next thing, make sure you sprinkle a little bit of yourself right into that mix as well.